Hey everyone, I'm Audio Nerd 64. And I'm Big Nakuma. And, and we <laughs> are your gamer friends. That was cute. It was very Steven. What? No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was very Steven Universe. No, it was it was very simplistic. I was going for ah. a minimalist. Ah, min- minimalist. Yes. Mm. Just a few notes. Okay, just a few notes. Just to wet the palate. What are we... <laughs> Logging on. Halo Reach. Apex Legends. Destiny 2 Season of Dawn. Dawn, Dawn, Dawn. Hmm. Forza. Horizon 4 updates. Thank you. Riot updates. Amazon. Resident Evil 3. Phil Spencer, talking VR, Twitch News, and the 2019 Game Awards and Drama. Oh, we love it. Love a drama. These past two weeks in Nerdum, we have the first Black Widow trailer, Jedi Temple Challenge, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and Titans. In the home screen, we are talking Jedi Fallen Order, Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter, and the Elite Series 2 controller. Cause I didn't play any new games, but I did play some old games with a new controller. And that counts. But before those thoughts, let's log on. For all you Master Chief fans, Halo Reach is on PC now. Congrats. It's out. Y'all finally got it. It's part of the Master Chief collection, and it became one of the most played games on Steam. That's right. Like third? I third? Think. I think it was it was up there. It was definitely like it was doing like Rihanna numbers, you know? Okay. Um <laughs> I don't I don't know anyone who has dove into it uh personally, mm-hmm. but you know, the original game is as I hear magical. So Well, I still haven't played it, but that's okay. Uh now you have the Master Chief collection. Yes. And the opportunity to play it. So. Equal opportunity mass chiefing. That download size is probably enormous now. It was huge already. <laughs> That's true. It was already like a hundred gigabytes. It's definitely oh, fucking shit. That is one you want to leave. Well, it was overnight. like four games. That's right. Damn. That's big. And now it's six games. It's bigger. Apex Legends getting some changes. Um, I have really not been playing a lot of Apex. Recently, I've been playing a lot of Apex lately. Well, then how are you feeling about these new changes? What are they and how are you feeling about them? Well, they are sort of shifting the leveling up process a little bit. Um, so you can level up to 500 now instead of the 100 being the cap. Um, and there are additional rewards, but also like the scaling is a little bit different. They kind of described it as like, um, you get you like level up faster at lower levels, so mm-hmm. that way it like encourages, you know, people who aren't playing all the time Catch or people us. who might not be as great. You know, they're not like apex legends, like casuals. Like, they're apex casuals. Apex casuals to still like reap benefits of playing the game, um, and then it slows down a bit towards I think the mid hundreds, and then ramps back up or something. It's like a it's scaled, um, which I think is cool. I mean, I feel like I'm. You you know the level the four levels of cooking the four chefs levels YouTube videos isn't it three no it's four because the four the so they, I don't remember who puts on these videos I don't remember them at all but isn't that YouTube you just watch for the content you don't care who makes it true anyway they have three people cook the same meal at three different levels so you have your level one chef who's like bumbling around the kitchen your level two chef who was like. Knows enough to like get themselves in trouble, but like probably makes good food. Mm-hmm. And then you have the chef chef who's level three, and level four is a scientist who like explains why they did what they did works or doesn't work or whatever. Mm. Um, so I'm definitely a level two apex legends. <laughs> like I know <laughs> thank you for the extended <laughs> metaphor. You're very welcome. I'm like not like a complete noob, like I understand the map, but also like if I use Pathfinder's zip gun to zip in somebody's face, I will also freak out immediately. After that's <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're playing with. Um, so I'm excited to see these changes because like I don't think I'm going to get to level 100 by the end of the season anyway. So like, you know, some scaling to help bump me up a little bit would be cool. 
Um, when they'll for the update, record, for the audience, can I just say that level 100 has been achievable since the game came out? So Cedric is not yet level 100, and the game came out when? In March or something like that? I, look, you know, I play it in waves. I'm, I'm not pointing out to shame. Merely to illustrate what you're talking about in terms of, you know, encouraging casuals to play. Right. Although I will say I was playing with some randos the other day. And someone had the voice chat open and was like, oh, I'm in here with level 41. Cool. So. <laughs> That's so fuck cute. Fuck you, Jordan. Wow. Level 41 battle pass or level 41 the level level? Level level 41. Because they can't see my battle pass level. Battle pass, I'm in like the th- early 20s. Got it. Yeah, I uh, like that they're kind of battle pass-ifying if you will, the base game grind um, and giving you a little bit more reason to go back in. Um, It took me a little bit longer than everyone else, like quite a little bit longer than everyone else to hit 100, the base 100. Mm. But I'm not playing it nearly that clip anymore. Right. Um, And that's in large part to Destiny 2, which is getting a new season on Tuesday. Yes. Um, This current season, Season of the Undying, was pretty short because Destiny 2 was delayed for Shadowkeep. uh, So So, I can blame them for not getting to 100, right? Sure. (laughs) That's what what you can do, sure. (sighs) It wouldn't be accurate. Um... Anyway, it's very exciting. The The lore implications are what's most exciting to me. They're bringing back one of the greatest titans to ever live, San 14. You're going back in time to save him and help with the fight against the Vex, which is something that you kind of broke during this current season. So they're holding true to their word that the stories are kind of connected and they lead into one another. There are now time travel implications. Um... With the main character, there's always been time travel stuff going on in the background, but that's beside the point. Uh, there's a new <laughs> six-player match-made activity, uh, just like the one this season. It looks a lot more interesting than the one from this season. <laughs> I will say the end of the season was pretty disappointing. There was not really a big change to the seasonal event. I'm thinking maybe they didn't put a lot of time and effort into it because it was launching alongside of Shadowkeep and there was so much new stuff in Shadowkeep. Mm. So the individual standalone um, seasons need to, to bring it a little bit more. Right. But even so, like, they could have put in some rotating bosses. They could have put in just, like, two or three more game modes in the uh, activity, um, the Vex offensive activity. So um, we'll see where they go. I'm excited most of all because I think that I'm going to have time to play other games. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, we're at the point in the clan where there's quite a few people playing. We can get raids done. And that's really all I'm interested in doing. Like the high-end pinnacle level content is all I really need to do Mm -hmm. in order to progress my character. It's all that's really getting me anywhere. Um, So I'm very excited to take that extra time to put into finishing the outer worlds and gears and who knows what else is in my fucking backlog. Um, But yeah, uh, season looks good, but not like it's going to take over my life. That's fair. Word. Yeah. um, I just want the story part to get me up to 950 finally. I have much (laughs) loftier goals than you. Hmm. Well, uh, uh, hopefully you do. Let's see. I'm excited because I have like two weeks completely off, which as a freelancer is terrifying. But instead of worrying about it, I'm just going to cover up that worry with video games. That is exactly what I would do. Yeah, That's so exciting. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's really healthy, probably. It's so healthy. No one should freelance ever. Moving on. An oldie, a goodie, a favorite is finally coming back to Forza Horizon 4. The 1998 Toyota Supra RZ is returning December 12th, which is very soon. What's that? A little over a week? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting because Toyota hasn't had any cars in any, any games in a very long time. Apparently there's an exclusive 
license that they do for their cars only in Gran Turismo Sport. You could still play with some of the trucks, I guess, in some games, including Forza Motorsport 7, but that one isn't as fun. So I'm excited. Yeah, this oof, the Supra. Also, Seven's like old. It was before the ban. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. I was like, which one came first? Because I forgot. I forgot that Motorsport Seven came first, and that I was like <laughs> about it. Hmm. I mean, it's a very good game, just not my cup of tea. Um. Oh, and also in Forza News this month, they're giving away free cars every day as presents in the Forza. Thon. That's hard to say. Forza. Forza's on. Shop. So go in every day, get you a free car. Um, there have been some goodies in there. I got a Porsche one day. Uh, I think the past two days have been cars that I've already owned, so I'm not happy about that. Are they the same for everybody? Yeah, same car for everybody, and it's a different car every day. Got it. So like, if you already own the car, tough cookies. Why didn't you tell me about the Porsche day? I would have logged in and got a Porsche. You don't play Forza. Well, maybe I would if I had a Porsche. Porsche. What? (laughs) It's Porsche. Okay, I'll keep you updated for the rest (laughs) of the the rest of the month. Thank you. You're welcome. An update with Riot Games: the lawsuit that was filed a few months ago that we covered, um, largely due to their Me Too moment and the allegations of pervasive sexism, Mm -hmm. has come to a conclusion of sorts. They reached a settlement out of court for upwards of $10 million. Uh, Basically, what they have to do is pay all of the women that have worked at Riot since 2014 out of this $10 million fund. Uh, Well, you know. That's a pretty big payout, I think. And I think uh, is... It lends itself to the gravity of the situation. Yeah. Not a solution. Right. A conclusion of sorts. Of sorts. A Band-Aid. <sighs> There's still for a cut all, underneath. For all accounts, though, things like the culture there has reportedly gotten better. Okay. Well, that's good. Another big story in the world of games. Joey Clift recently made an appearance on How Did This Get Played? An Earwolf podcast hosted by Heather Ann Campbell. And, oh, my God, I don't know how to say his name. It's not Nick Wigger. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? I, I doubt it. It's probably Weiger. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Oh, man. No, it's probably Weiger. Uh, <laughs> I don't listen to this podcast, but I was alerted that some tokenism happened and some reckoning. <laughs> some, some white people got dragged. Oh, dragged. So for those that don't know, How Did This Get Played is a podcast where the two hosts... And I quote, review video games that are infamous for being poorly rated or poorly designed, usually uh, to a comedic effect. But this one took a very dark turn. Joey Clift, a native comedian, was on the show and they asked him to sit down and review Custer's Revenge. Let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. What was a comedy podcast doing? talking about this without like i know you don't listen to the podcast but you might know this is there an established like serious tone to this podcast no so custer's revenge for our audience is a super old video game it got banned um and was protested and all this other stuff in large part because part of the game requires you to uh, sexually assault a Native American woman. That's actually just the game, pretty much. So it is It is not something that is funny. Right. And it's not something that I'm sure you can really effectively make fun of. Um. But anyway, I just wanted to contextualize that. So please continue with what happened. So yeah, they had Joey Cliff come on this show to talk about this horrific game um, for their Thanksgiving episode. And, you know, it was fucked up to begin with. And he let them know. Yeah. It was quite an inch. I mean, I think they went at it. Not went at it. He kind of was like, before we even get into any of this, I just want to let y'all know that this is fucked up. 
This is why it's fucked up. Y'all tokenized the fuck out of me. This fucked up my whole week. Um, it's a really great conversation to listen to, whether you are, you know, a podcaster, a gamer, you're involved in this shit in any way. Um, Even if you're just interested in issues of representation, yeah, of yeah. tokenism in general, the way that Joey was able to articulate what tokenism is and why this particular instance was tokenism and really illustrated how other situations that were maybe similar in their minds were different now. Right. It was a masterstroke. Honestly, shout out to him because like, to even say yes to the thing, knowing full well, oh, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to call you out about this. Because like, I mean, whew. I think it's clear from what he said that he was planning to do this. Oh yeah, absolutely. But also like, the way, just he, it was like perfectly articulated and I don't think I could have been able to do that. That just that took a lot of courage, a lot of resolve, a lot of thinking, obviously. Uh, and the hosts were receptive about it, which is also good to see. And I think, you know, we got to create the culture that we want. Um, so I was excited to see it or hear it. Um, we'll link to it in the show notes. Definitely worth a listen. Oh, and he wrote an op-ed about the whole situation, too. Um, but I think there's, just, you know, just some stuff that we didn't that we can't know out of context. Right. Uh, so we'll link to that as well. Uh, moving on, Amazon is thinking about getting into video games. <sighs> no, thank you. <laughs> Please. No, thank you. Don't. Uh. Yeah, apparently they want to build a competitor or are already building yeah. a competitor to xCloud and Stadia. We already kind of knew that they were doing the video game thing because they announced the studio. That they were... Right. Like, isn't the Humankind Odyssey, like the Evolution Ape game, uh, somehow affiliated with Amazon Studios? Oh, God, is it? I think it is. Hmm. I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I you know, I could be wrong. Um, but I know from E3 that they are making games, but I wasn't sure that they were, like, building a console. So, wait, what's Amazon's angle here? What are they trying to take from... Us. I think that they're just trying to get into it with Apple and Google and Microsoft. Those are their peers, <sighs> you know. Everything's a as tech they company. as they see it. Those are their peers. Yeah. So Amazon might not make computers, but they make phones. They make server space, uh, tablets. They, they make fuck ton of servers. They could do it if they wanted to. Well, clearly. <sighs> Well, apparently that's <laughs> yeah. I don't. They haven't announced anything, but that's the rumor. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe during the video game awards we, um, during the game awards we get some you know kind of announcement. Maybe I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Game awards is kind of like E three mini, E three winter edition. <sighs> Either way, I'm not looking forward to whatever the fuck. Oh, absolutely not. There's no way that I would get in with the sinkhole that is Stadia um, and knew that going in before it even bombed. And same thing here. Like <laughs> We talked a lot of shit. It was all justified. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like, trust Microsoft, but... Well, no. But I trust them more than I trust Amazon. <laughs> or Google. Or, Much more. Oh, go fuck Google. Oh, my God. I almost, I'm, like, so close to taking all the apps off my phone. But I need docs. Yeah, they're kind of essential at this I point. I hate it. That's I hate it. That's the problem. <sighs> Other things that I hate. Resident Evil 3 remake. Leak? Who knows? I mean, it definitely leaked. <laughs> you just uh, have there's a question mark here. Oh, there's not. I'm bugging. I oh don't God. know what is going on with you. I'm, I'm tired. I had a very hard week of freelancing. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like the Resident Evil 2 remake, uh, they're redoing Resident Evil 3. We know this because it showed up on the PlayStation Store briefly. Nice. Yeah. Love so, a good someone hitting the enter button too fast. Those are always pretty solid. Right. Uh, <laughs> so maybe at the Game Awards, we're going to be like, oh, we're getting it. In, like, two months. Yay. Because Resident Evil 2 was right at the top of the year. That's right. Well, mm, y'all have fun with that. I uh, will watch y'all play it on Twitch. Just kidding. 
I'll watch it on Facebook Gaming. Mm. I, well, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Facebook is one of the three companies that I would absolutely. W- wait, let me be clear. I would destroy all companies. Facebook is one of the three <laughs> tech companies that have like taken over the world that I would absolutely uh, not trust with any of my data or information. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they they're they're also getting into the game of luring people away from Twitch. Um, I didn't really even know Facebook gaming was a thing, but they somehow got an exclusivity deal with Disguised Toast, who oh, yeah, yeah. plays a bunch of Pokemon. He was the guy who was trying to do that shiny thing that was blowing up all over Twitch, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like literally this week. I picked the wrong field. Like I wish people would just throw me millions of dollars to switch from one streaming platform to another streaming platform. Damn. Yeah. And uh, Mixer <sighs> got a FaZe Clan member, so that could be interesting. Maybe like FaZe Clan as an entity is thinking about oh, transferring over to Mixer. Mm. That would be a pretty big deal too. That so, would be. I don't think that their individual contracts work like that though. I, I don't quite understand. I have no idea how any of these work. I'm sure though that these streamers are getting fucked over. Well, that's not true. Obviously like, you know, Ninja, Shroud, they have lawyers. There's a lot of people getting fucked over for sure. Yeah, I'm just nervous about the people with smaller Yeah, there was a Destiny duo named Lucky and B-Wipe. But wipe, I think. Uh, And they had a whole, like, breakup thing and Lucky or But Wipe. I I don't know which one is the asshole and which one isn't the asshole, but... (laughs) Um, but why, why would it's you? a mess? <sighs> I don't know, Cedric. I don't know. It's just the branding is off to me. The point is, Twitch <laughs> does not look so infallible, right? As it used to. Also, ironically, Amazon owns Twitch, so I don't know why we're talking about Amazon's getting into games. Like, clearly, this has been a goal. Of yeah, this. no, they've been in games, they've been all up in that shit for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's uh, in my mind. Um, Okay, so before we get into the Game Awards, let's talk about something that I think is actually really consequential for the future of this medium. And that is Microsoft Xbox head poncho guy, Phil Spencer, (laughs) uh, basically saying that he is not on the train with VR. No, he said, fuck that noise, he said, we're sorry that we made y'all get up the couch and wave your arms around with the connect. We're not doing that anymore. Y'all sit your asses down on the couch, make your little communities, okay? I really VR do think isolated. that that is the thing, though. The connect the failed, and so they decided that that, that medium is not going to work. Yeah. That VR, AR is not where they want all of their eggs to be. Um, Which is fair honestly like i think it's fair but i think it's short-sighted to not even allow scarlet to work with vr like yeah that's that was part of what he said that there will be no vr support for the next gen xbox but playstation has a whole vr outfit we know that playstation 5 is going to support vr right um there are now up-and-coming vr titles that are triple a Right. And AAA in a way that like people recognize, like a franchise that people know. Um, I think Half-Life Alex is gonna be a big deal yeah. for VR. I, don't, I I think this is just kind of short-sighted. I don't know, because like I you know, it's I haven't played a PlayStation VR game, but it's not it's still not cheap. Like PlayStation VR is the least expensive at VR I think you can get into, besides like the Oculus Go. This is how out of tune I am with VR. Uh, I don't even pay attention because it's so in it. It's so unobtainable. It's so out of reach. Yeah, even if expensive. like I had a PC that would run it, that's cute. But then you know you got to get the headset, you got to get the camera, you got to get the the room and has to need be big room. enough. Yeah, like I don't the fuck I, like nobody. We live in New York. So we're just basically bolstering Phil Spencer's argument. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but here, like, look, it's ex- it's expensive and. I can afford a console and a nice controller and games and call it a day. I think Microsoft is just really leaning into content where like PlayStation is leaning more into the experimental shit, which is fine. It's a great way to, you know, <sighs> sure, do it up. Um, I guess, but I think the difference is much more philosophical. Mm-hmm. PlayStation 
focuses on single player experiences right uh in a way that Xbox doesn't and part of Phil Spencer's rationale here is that he thinks VR is quote isolating and that games should be about community someone uh, didn't play um, <laughs> Fuck, what is it? Death Second Stranding? Life. Oh, no. Oh. Was Second Life VR. Don't do it. It's a nightmare, apparently. I just think that there actually is a, a bigger reason why he doesn't believe in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that I agree with that. Yeah, I'm not sure that VR has to be isolating. I'm not sure that single-player games have to be isolating as evidenced by Death Stranding. And I don't think VR has to be a single-player game as evidenced yeah. by the Marvel thing that we did. Yeah, I mean, fuck. If I got to play Ant in VR, I would like probably. That? Oh yeah, yeah. I would. I'd just be like, let's just fly around. I don't give a fuck how bad this game is. <laughs> Which is what <laughs> players on Xbox are still doing. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the VR, so they're the real fans. God bless them. Yeah. Too bad their games getting bleeped. I know, so sad. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I. It would be nice to have like a VR option for my Xbox at one point, but it you know, seems it's, dumb to not allow it to support it. You don't have to focus on it to support it. Fair. Just allow it so to But hey, work. you can plug in this shit now and now you can play these games. Because I mean you can already do it on a PC, so it can't be that much of a stretch, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't fucking know. What do I know? Well, actually though, like if Scarlet is so advanced then why can't it? Oh. Oh, well. Boo us. Finally, the Game Awards. Uh, The nominees are interesting. We'll say right off the top, there's no Jedi Fallen Order because it came out too late. Missed that cycle. They did it on purpose. I think. Oh, actually, no, that was kind of short-sighted because Cyberpunk is going to be all over that shit next year. That's the thing. That is a thing. Mm. Um, oh, well. <laughs> game of the year. Control. Death Stranding. Control. Resident Evil 2. Sekiro. Shadows Die Twice. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Sekiro. And The Outer Worlds. It actually is Sekiro. Oh, fuck me. Those are the nominees for game of the year? That's correct. That's an interesting... Smash Brothers does not belong in there. I'm sorry. Whoa. <laughs> hey, hey. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're starting... You know the hot takes. Save it for the save it for our episode. Yeah, the, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Smash Bros. Just like apparently else. not, <laughs> not enough, not I, enough. I mean, it's good. That sucks though because I haven't played half of those games because I don't have any money because I freelance. Hmm. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Sayonara Wild Hearts got an indie game of the year nom, but uh, Neo Cab did not. What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, one thing I'm super pissed about is that Division 2 did get nominated for multiplayer game, but not for game of the year. So everyone's wrong. <laughs> everyone's wrong. Uh, did they finally cave and make just a specific Battle Royale category yet? No, they did not, but they really should. I um, mean, what are these game awards going to look like when all of the games are games of service and nothing new comes out ever? I don't think that's going to happen. I think <laughs> I think there have been so many strong single player games and they have always been the ones to win that true, true, it, true. the narrative just doesn't fit the feeling. That's fair. I'm just spewing takes here, but I appreciate you shutting that down. <laughs> um, oh, we got to get to is, the drama. Sorry. Go ahead. And we got to get to the drama. My favorite part. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the producers of the Game Awards, Jeff Knightley, he is uh, BFFs with Kojima, like pretty publicly, like mm-hmm. it's a known thing. Mm-hmm. So given the critical reception to Death Stranding being very mixed, there are some questions as to how Death Stranding got a nomination. All the other games nominated for Game of the Year had really positive critical reception. Death Stranding is the only one that seems like it was kind of subjectively put up there. Ooh, you love to see it. Actually, you hate to see it. And interestingly enough, this is also a problem in podcasts. Hmm. Like the iHeart 
awards, yeah. everyone's like, oh, it's just iHeart. Or like, <laughs> it's just iHeart podcast. And like, you know, one from each other company. Um, they uh, they should have reconsidered that one. Maybe thought. Because like, Homeboy hasn't had like a response to it yet, right? It's a catch-22 because the game could be good enough to be game of the year in the eyes of, you know, the game award voters. Or mm-hmm. uh, it could be shit. <laughs> like <laughs> the opinions are so split. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know how you um I don't know how you get out of this one. Like it it's hard when some of the people are saying it's the greatest game ever made and it is expanding the entire medium and yeah. the other people saying that it's a fucking walking simulator. I mean, I just don't think that producers should be that well connected <laughs> with game like if you're going to produce an award show then you can't do that. Sorry. Or you could be friends with a developer, but maybe like not as publicly. I, I don't know. It's just like there's just no there's no good way to do that. This is fucked up. I mean, yeah. it's ugh. man, the shit. Agreed. I'm just saying this is in every fucking media industry. Anyway, the game awards are on the 12th if you want to catch them. I'm sure you can stream them on Twitch. Almost certainly. YouTube. Probably. Probably even Facebook Gaming. I guess. Maybe Mixer, too. Fuck. For sure. Twitter. Sometimes you could stream shit on Twitter now. Um, that I'm <laughs> less sure of, but sure. I okay. mean, are, are we going to live tweet this one? Depends on what time it is. Is it Tuesday night? Uh, It's on Thursday night, but oh. it's going to be late because it's, you know, California. Oh, my God. Oh, never mind. They start at 8.30, so maybe. I don't know. Oh, that's fine. If I'm not doing anything else, maybe picture in picture, like I'll be playing a game while watching games. Get Fair awarded. Um, these past two weeks in nerddom, Woo-hoo. Marvel, back in my life, <laughs> we got a Black <laughs> Widow trailer. We did. First Asian superhero <laughs> solo outing. Uh, you, that's, mm, everyone's making that joke. Everyone is making that joke and... Doesn't make it any less funny. <laughs> I laugh every time. She kind of apologized for that a little. Uh, she was like, I have a movie coming out soon. Do you guys want to hate me a little less? <laughs> I, a little less. I got I to gotta make some money. Disney told me that I should come out here. <laughs> <laughs> and apologize and y'all little internet because I don't deal with that because I'm Scarlett Johansson. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Well, fuck her. I am excited <laughs> for this movie. Yeah. I'm excited that it's three women uh, who are leading the film. Yeah. Uh, only one man, and he is a goofy, like, comic relief, not really to be taken seriously kind of character, looks like. Love to see it. Um, I, I'm just, in general, very excited. I'm excited to see the portrayal of Taskmaster, how the Red Guardian is going to be portrayed, um, who else is going to get, like, named Mm-hmm. In the film, and what their aliases or identities are going to be, also what the timeline is. Like, there are a lot of questions I have. Yes, and the trailer didn't really answer any of them, but it looks like it's going to be one of those slick action films. Yeah, like no, the new I mean, born esque kind of action. Natasha gets her ass thrown into a door. It just looks. It just you know, like when the fighting is like sloppy ish. Because yeah. like, oh, I love it. I love good. Like, give me Daredevil in a one-shot, 11-minute fight scene, please! I love it. But but <laughs> there was that scene where she jumps out of the plane, and it's all CGI, and it's kind of like... <laughs> Marvel does love their CGI. I saw on Twitter <laughs> someone saying, Tom Cruise can jump out of a plane. You can throw Scarlett Johansson out of a plane. <laughs> and he really did jump out of that plane, though. And I... I it and the cameraman good. too. The cameraman also was thrown out of that plane. And it and it changes it. It makes it look so much better. Yeah. That said, what she's doing jumping out of the plane <laughs> and what Tom Cruise is doing jumping out of the plane are two different things because one is taking place in what could theoretically happen for real and the other is the Marvel Cinematic Universe so of course there's like a million bad guys flying around in the air with her exactly so like you know it's not a free for all thing yeah I mean you know you know I'm a stan grain of salt grain of salt 
Uh, very excited. We'll absolutely be going to see it opening night. I will watch like oh. one or two more trailers, but then I'm probably going to go on a blackout. Fair. How did you feel about the aged um, general? Oh, you loved it. I don't fucking. The de aging technology is great for some people. I don't think he looked weird. He didn't look Michael Douglas weird, but he also didn't look Samuel L. Jackson good. You know what I mean? I don't think that Michael Douglas looked that weird. I think his hair made it look much weirder. Probably, yeah, probably the hair. It's always the hair, hair, mustaches. Yeah. What are you going to do? Anyway, uh, in other Disney affiliated news, <laughs> um, Jedi Temple Challenge is coming to Disney Plus. Ooh. It is a Star Wars themed game show, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming has got to be like Legends of the Hidden Temple, right? I. It's the Jedi Temple Challenge. They're clearly going to be giving them like lightsabers and shit and throwing things at them. Right. It's right? got to be. It's got to be. I don't know. Because wasn't that Temple show like Nickelodeon? So? That's IP right there. They the don't idea know. of sending people through a maze in a, in a simulated temple is not copyrighted. No. No. You're right. I don't know. We'll see. Whatever. I mean... I don't have Disney Plus, so I kind of... <laughs> Not yet. I literally cannot stand all of the Baby Yoda stuff. I We're missing I need Baby Yoda on. and all of his puppet goodness. Yeah. Because they're not cowards <laughs> <laughs> like the MCU. Um, Ahmed Best is going to host, so that's another plus. Just uh, interesting all around. Might you think be he's going to do good... the Jar Jar voice? No. You think he's going to narrate the whole... No. Damn it. Then what's the point in watching it? No. That would be... <laughs> That would be too much. Misa. That was bad. No, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> no, keep it in you. for the integrity, but damn, I should cut it. <sighs> um before I let you take over with the big Crisis on Infinite Earths uh update. Okay. Long coming. May I may I <laughs> shut the fuck up? <laughs> um apparently the Titans season two finale was ass. <laughs> Basura. And the show doesn't know. <laughs> What it wants to be or where mm. it wants to go, and it's a hot mess. So my enthusiasm for watching it is diminished. I'm still I started it, you know, it's dark, whatever. There's a lot of people of color, there's some queer representation, deaf representation, someone's representation. We gotta watch the show, we gotta put the numbers up. So that way they keep making this shit, right? <laughs> keep hiring by that marginalized logic, Kamala people. Harris would still be in the race. <laughs> Yikes. Whoops. I'm not, <laughs> we're not going to get into that. Whoops. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths trailer. It dropped. The, the we'll call it the cinematic trailer. The full trailer. <sighs> Here's the thing. I finally caught up with what's going on in the Arrowverse. Please tell us. I watched a lot of recap videos because it is too much TV. It's too much. Too much TV. It's, okay. Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman. Multiple seasons. You forgot one. 22 episodes each. Black Lightning is technically, like the show isn't a part of it, but characters from Black Lightning will be in it. So, I didn't. Hmm. You're welcome. Um, it's just too much TV. And really, just as a sidebar, really make I like I really appreciate going to see this shit in the movie theater. Cause like I can do it on my own time. I don't have to sit in front of my TV at 7 30 or whatever, watching the CW every fucking day of the week to keep up with this shit. <laughs> it's so much. Isn't Arrow ending with this though? Like this is the big shebang for Arrow. For Arrow, but then you still got these other shows. It's so much. And this is why I can't keep up with it. And I'm I'm sorry. But it doesn't matter because the only good season of Arrow was like three and four. Act two was good. Flash, the first season was the only good season. Apparently Legends of Tomorrow held up. That show, when I watched that recap, that one is just fucking, they just be doing some real wild shit. I don't understand. Um, There are also a bunch of other characters that within all of these shows doing this big event, I won't talk about them because... They could be spoilers, I guess. They could be little trees for y'all. But I'll talk about the niggas that were in this trailer. 
Why don't you start by just explaining what it is in in the first place? So all these DC shows exist on the CW, and every once in a while they do big crossover events because now all of them are finally on the CW. Supergirl's first season was on CBS um, and was filming in a completely different location. Now they all film in the same place or on the same roof so they can get together in their colored undies and do crossover events. Good. Crisis on Infinite Earths is what well, is being adapted from a comic. Um, and the big in this one is just this giant energy, unnamed energy that's eating up planets and shit. And there's this prophecy that seven heroes across space and time will figure this shit out. So they got to find out who those seven people are across space and time. So we get fun parallel universe Earth shit. So Kara, Supergirl, exists on Earth-38, and this is where the problem is originating, we think. So she gets all of the rest of the Arrowverse who uh, exists on Earth-1, except for some people in the Flash universe who exists on Earth-2. I know. It's very, it's exhausting. It's, I'm so exhausted. Y'all thought the Endgame <laughs> time paradox was annoying? Y'all, this is so many, it's so much shit. Um, so they're all teaming up to figure out who these seven people are, and some clues suggest that some of those seven people are Smallville Superman, maybe Brandon Ruth Superman from Superman Returns. It's going to be a Kingdom Come adaptation. Kevin Conroy is also in the trailer as also a Kingdom Come adaptation from Batman, so maybe Kevin Conroy and Brandon Ruth are in the same universe, canon, canonically now. I don't know why I'm yelling. I'm yelling. You are. Um, so, yeah, it's just this big old fucking team up. Um, Black Lightning characters will be in it. His suit looks amazing. I'm so happy for him. And, yeah, I now that I'm caught up, I probably... I, what I'll do is I'll watch, like, the last few episodes from each one and then just hop in. Uh, it starts December 8th. Uh, we'll link to the full schedule in the show notes. But, yeah, I mean, it look, this it looks... If I, like, caught up, or if I kept up with everything, I'm sure this would be extremely satisfying for me to watch, because this is, like, one of DC's, like, biggest... It was one of their biggest crossover events. It's like House of M crossover event. It's one of my favorite DC comics. It's one of my favorite DC movies. And I implored you to get caught up, because I actually want to watch (laughs) this crossover event. Yeah, but, I mean, like, you could watch the the recap videos, too. I want to watch it. It's just like, it's like, you know, I, I feel like I'm going into this is like how like half the people who went to go see Endgame didn't even see Infinity War. Like, who's... Right. And I want to sit in the couch next to you and ask you dumb questions instead of watching <laughs> recap videos. Okay. I'm preserving my time and my <laughs> mental health. Oh, oh, that's what's going on here. And We're, you this, are a DC fan. This is emotional labor. Um, I'm, I'm kidding. And the discourse on emotional labor is much more nuanced than that. And maybe that joke was a little cheap. Whew. It was. Thank you it was for saying all the things that I was going to say. Suffice to say mm-hmm. that DC fans are used to that. And um, <laughs> I, I, figured that emotional be, labor. I figured that you'd be up for <laughs> the challenge. And happy, happy to help. It's 22 episodes apiece. Apiece! Every season. It's a lot of... DC. <laughs> and you. unfortunately, not all of it's good. Like, Flash has been getting ragged on. Like, nobody fucking likes it anymore. Poor Flash. Poor Flash. I literally don't keep up anymore because I, I just can't. It's too much. Um, as someone who doesn't watch. Uh, but it has been interesting seeing people who still keep up with all this stuff. Like, how they've kind of been, like, jaded a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kudos to y'all. Y'all are really, I'm sure, gonna really enjoy the fuck out of this. I'm I'm going to enjoy it. I'm excited. I'm also, I'm happy for you. As as a member of the Marvel contingent, I, I don't have to deal with this very often, and so I just want to extend my my deepest wow. uh, congratulations to you that finally something really exciting is happening. You just hit me with the fucking, the Wesley Snipes to Mahersha Ali about Blade. Congratulations, and I don't appreciate it. I think you should drop some music. <laughs> yeah, music.
All right. What have we been playing? I have been uh, playing more Jedi than you, apparently. I <laughs> blew past you. I started and finished. Embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. Since the last episode. And it has shaken up my game of the year thoughts. 100%. Whoa. We love to see it. It is so uniquely satisfying. Mm. I want to warn everyone that the new promotional stuff spoils the end. Do not watch <laughs> any promotional materials for this video game if you're interested in the fidelity of the story. If you don't care, then sure, watch it and you kind of know what you have to expect coming forward. Oh, uh, wait, wait. Uh, are we talking? Is it like, you know, when they were doing the promotional shift for Endgame after the movie came out? Like, cap. Yeah. Get in the. F- oh, wow, that yeah. bad. Wow. <laughs> but but not even like a fan service like, oh shit, that looks so cool. I'm so excited. I want to go see that. More like, oh shit, like what the fuck? <laughs> I don't I don't know how to describe it without also spoiling it. Ugh, it's I definitely it. that level. Um I knew about it. It did not ruin it for me because I even though I was expecting it, mm-hmm. the way they did it is like much like that Mjolnir scene. You might know that it's going to happen, but the way that it happens is still epic. And every single time that it happens, it's magical. Wow. I have watched the ending multiple times because I've been watching people, you know, defeated on different difficulty levels and with different challenges and stuff like that on YouTube. And it is no less satisfying. Damn. So, All right. I got to finish it. Fuck. You really need to finish it. I really want to have a more in-depth conversation about it, uh, especially about some of the late game stuff, which changes a lot of the early gameplay. So we talked on Mm. our last episode about a lot of early gameplay, but the late gameplay is what I'm more interested in talking about in depth. So you definitely need to get caught up because I have a lot to say, but I cannot say it yet. All right. I'll make it a goal to get it done. It is... Uh, very good, and there are parts of it that I found legitimately breathtaking. Uh, breathtaking? Is, is how I will leave it for you. Ugh, I'm just so upset because I can't play it on the downstairs TV with 4K. I have to play it up here with regular HD. But the sound will be amazing. I just got my sound bar, y'all. I'm very excited about it. You know, it if you great. want me to play The Sims while you play on 4K, just let me know since but, I've got less Destiny to but, do. But my sound bar. You know that can be moved. Can it? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. You played another game also this these past two weeks. I did. The Games with Gold on Xbox Live for the past month has had Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter, the most recent Sherlock Holmes game. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about them on the podcast before, but I have played the Frogwares Sherlock Holmes series Mm -hmm. for many, many years now. Uh, There's always like five cases you solve using like his mind palace. It's, you know, there are like action-y kind of bits, but for the most part, you're just talking to people and solving the mystery. Uh, it's very low, um, excitement, like, (laughs) like it's not edge of your seat stuff, but I really love Sherlock Holmes and I love solving mysteries and the morality system is what I love the most. Um, once you have all the relevant data, you can solve the mystery and it triggers a cutscene. However, you can solve the mystery in one of four ways. So you can condemn or absolve. So whoever is guilty, you can either decide to let them go or, you know, make sure that they're punished. Mm -hmm. Um, And then within that, you can basically let them go scot-free or let them go with some kind of consequence or Mm. you condemn them, usually like to jail or in the case of uh, a few missions, they will die depending on what you choose and what happens in the cutscene. Well, fuck. So... Uh, the the game allows you to replay and see all the cutscenes and see how they're different. Um, oh, and you can cool. kind of lock in the choice that you prefer. Once you lock it in, the game will tell you uh, basically if you made the correct choice or not. <laughs> Love it. So like Detroit become human, but without the game shaming you. Choice shaming. Sure, except the graphics in Detroit Become Human are incredible, and the graphics in this Sherlock Holmes game are not. Um, Wow. This is like last-gen level uh, 
console graphics, to be honest. Like, this Frogwares is not a, a AAA studio. Uh, they're not even a AA studio. I, I don't think that they're quite... I think they are technically indie. It, it doesn't matter. You're not playing this game for the graphical fidelity. You're playing this game for the story and the plot. The cases are all really fun. So I suggest them. Um, I think they're they're great, especially for maybe if you've got some younger gamers around who like to solve puzzles and stuff and mm-hmm. don't want to see a lot of profanity or sex or stuff like that. Um, you know, good, good good solid choice and I'll keep updating you. I've only gotten through the first case and there's five. So I've got uh, about four fifths of the game left to go. Word. Um, Like I said, at the top of the show, no new games for me. Shocking. But Big Nick and I both picked up Elite Series 2 controllers. And here's the thing. You have played with the first Elite controller. Correct. Until it fell apart. Until it fell apart. It was not a great controller. That's not true. Uh, mm, fine. It, it was, was not-, not a well-constructed <laughs> controller in that parts of it could easily break. It was an incredible <laughs> controller. <laughs> um, but I've always and only have played with stock controllers. Um, so maybe I'm more jized about this because like it it truly is a whole new world for me. Uh man. All right, so. The Elite Series 2 is Xbox's premium gaming controller for pro players that's fully customizable, remappable, all these things. It's a competitor to a third-party game controller platform called Scuff. I'm sure there's other ones, but Scuff is like the major one. Don't you have one of them? No, I've only ever had the Elite. Oh, I was thinking about the, the PlayStation controller that you got that, that oh, was an Xbox. That's a pro. It's not a scuff. Oh, uh, okay, okay. It is like a pro controller, but it's not right. a scuff. I, I bought a PlayStation controller that looks like an Xbox controller because I couldn't. It's too small. I couldn't handle it. Um, anyway, uh, scuff has been making these kinds of controllers for a long time. Microsoft just kind of came in and perfected it. Mm. Almost like Apple in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's. Wonderful hardware. Also, there's a software component to it that's also really good. Um, I guess some of the main features are that you can have, I think, what did it say? Up to like 99 different profiles for button mapping, three of which can get mapped to the controller specifically on the physical button. Um, And those profiles are used because you can play different games differently with the controller. Yeah. Um, We could get super, super nerdy about this. We'll probably just link to the ever-wonderful Tim Rogers, who does the Kotaku YouTube video content. Um, He did an in-depth review that goes over all of the features for the most part and explains how they work. Uh, We're not going to get that technical, but there are a few things like the paddles, like the trigger locks and and stuff that I know that Cedric has been very excited to try So excited. Because like, I, I don't know any of these things. You know, I'm like, this, this is a whole new copyright infringement. Oh, my God. So he's coming after us. No. <laughs> All right. So at the back of the controller, you have your triggers, right? Let's just say, because I hate doing math, you have an inch's worth, an inch's range of motion. So in order to fully click down on the trigger, you have to move your finger an inch. It's definitely smaller than that, but, you know, math. Okay. So a hairlock trigger is a physical mechanism that essentially makes the button shorter so you can press it faster. So this controller has one for 50%. So instead of your finger traveling an inch, it has to only travel half an inch for a full trigger. And then a 30% one, so a third of an inch. And what this does is for like shooting games is that you can shoot faster, essentially. Um, You don't want to use a hairlock trigger for like a racing game like Forza, because you want that full range of motion when you're like, you know, using your accelerator. So it helps you shoot faster, which is dope. And I thought that was like the only like cool part about it. But what I realized is that when you have like a shorter throw now for the button, you have so much more control. Yeah. Because your hand doesn't have to travel as far. And I'm like, this is this is where the sauce is. This is where the magic is. Oh, my God. Already I've noticed that my shooting in like Apex is noticeably better i won't say it's made a huge improvement i'm not bad at apex level two don't forget that uh but it's level super two? helpful level two i mean not level level well level two you said legend it. shut up <laughs> um so i was like oh this is this is why it's so good 
Oh, I fucking um, love it. My favorite thing is the paddles mm-hmm. on the back of the controller. There are four like slots where you can put in uh, paddles that come with the controller. You can buy alternate paddles that will fit in there. Um, and essentially what it allows you to do is press buttons on your controller by using the fingers that are unused on the front of the controller. So if you don't use a controller regularly, it's a little hard to explain. But if you think about holding one, you'll notice that naturally your thumb is really the only finger that can do any button pressing on the right side of the controller. And so you have four buttons to press along with a thumbstick. And this essentially allows you to keep your thumb on the thumbstick and use the paddles for the four buttons on the right side to, you know, free up your range of movement. Um, It's partially why PC players are able to move so much differently than console players. It's because Mm. each input is a different button on the keyboard. And so you can press multiple buttons at the same time, meaning that in Destiny, for instance, you can aim at people and shoot at them and revive someone at the same time, which is not really possible on a normal controller because you have to use your thumb to hold the revive button. And yeah, you can shoot, but you you can't aim because right. your thumbstick is currently occupied. So having those paddles allows me to essentially do multiple things at the same time um, and move a little bit more like a PC player. And that has absolutely increased the level of play. Um, I've gone on quite the rager in uh, PVP recently. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's not all because of the controller, but the controller definitely makes making plays a lot easier. Yeah. And so like with each of these profiles that we were talking about, you can program those paddles to be whatever buttons you want. So they can either repeat like your A, B, X, Y. Uh, they can repeat some of the, the the triggers or the buttons on top. They can do different um, actions. So like when I use it in Forza, I'm still like trying to figure out the best way to do it because like I've been using the paddles as like paddle shifters. Um, and like, Part of the, I think the fun of this controller is like trying to figure out okay what's the most comfortable way to hold it, yeah, and like effectively use it. So on Forza, I drive manual with clutch, and first I was like still using like A as my clutch, and then using one of the paddle shifters, um, to shift up and down, and then I was using like one paddle, like the higher level paddles for a, for the clutch, and the other one for the it was, you know it's a mess. It's but it's fun, and I'm having a lot of fun playing around with it. Also, the vibration on that thing is like, it's totally different. It's 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 customizable for each section of the controller, which is wild. But then it's also like strong as fuck. Like it's fun and forced, but I had to turn that shit way down for like Apex. So I'm like, the controller is gonna literally fall out of my hands. Like that's how powerful it is. It is really good. Yeah. It's an incredible investment. It is built a lot better. I can already tell. Um, no, no regrets. Very excited to uh, continue my journey. Plus, the case is just fucking great. Very primo. This controller might change my life as a gamer. And I might even say that if you play games all the time, if you're a daily player of console games, you should at least consider a controller upgrade. Agreed. I don't know if it, it doesn't have to be the Elite Series 2, but man, it's a great choice. What's that dumb Casper thing? Like, you spend a third of your life on a mattress. <laughs> Might as well make it comfortable or if whatever. If you're playing games every night, get a better controller. It is, it is so much, it's so much get more comfortable. A better controller. Also, I feel like since we talked about Casper, we have to also say that this podcast is in no way, shape, or form affiliated with or sponsored by Casper Mattresses. I don't even have one. So, neither do I. Just a regular old... Ikea mattresses. They're very good mattresses. Anyway, also not sponsored by Ikea. Is this a show? I think it's a show. I think it's a show as well, because now I'm talking about mattresses. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please tell a gamer friend. Tell two. And if you enjoyed the show, leave a rating, leave a review, and you can always go back and listen to some old episodes. That's great, too. That's also dope. We got a wonderful back catalog, actually. And we, it's a good time to start thinking about that because it's the end of the year. We did, we did some good shit this year. Hmm. I mean, maybe you should, we should put some of those things together. Maybe. That might be a good use of your time off. Maybe. <laughs> Are you see? Oh. <laughs>
I love suggesting work for you to do. He really does. Like he's just like, oh, Cedric is like, you know, whatever. Who gives a fuck? Uh, Anyway, we will see you back here in two weeks for the final episode of 2019. Woo! Deuces. Bye.